0: I have my own opinion. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to reserve it until I get something from Lon Seidman from Lon.TV. A lot, first of all, Lon, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm great. So is this all incremental? I mean, oh, our, our camera's better. The battery's okay. charging two hours longer. I mean, mm-hmm. is there anything out of this that's really notable? Yeah. I think on the iPhone
1: 15, it is, it is very, excuse me, very much an incremental upgrade. They, they did bump the processor up a bit, but there's not much that actually takes advantage of that processor, even on the current one. Um, So yeah, I think if you have like an iPhone 14, the regular one, you're not going to see a a huge jump. I would say the, the pro edition of the phone does have some, some features that for me as a, as a video creator person are, are interesting. So let, so that, that was kind of neat to see them focus a little bit on that. So
0: what's the difference between a regular and a pro?
1: So the pro has a a faster processor. And I I think this is where the the greatest innovation is taking place. And it's not something the consumer necessarily notices, but they um, are using a new fabrication method for their chips. So they're they're making it, they have much smaller transistors now. They're down, I think it's three nanometers, which is um, the first in the industry. So you get more power out of, out of, or less more performance out of less power. And I think one of the, the, the measurements that we used to make for computer processors were you know, how many megahertz is it, how fast does my application feel. But there's a lot more, especially with this AI stuff going on, that can now happen on device versus having to go out to the server. And for now, a lot of it has to do with, <clears throat> with speech recognition and some of the things that you know, are, are more basic. But these phones are now packing in a lot of potential, and that chip is kind of the first to do that. Additionally, on the Pro phones, you can now record video onto an external hard drive. And believe it or not, there are professionals that are using Apple phones for you know high-end professional video work because they have very good quality and a very small size, good stabilization. And you can also shoot video in a, in a raw format or close to a raw format, which has very little compression on it. So those features were really kind of geared towards the pros. And then on the big iPhone Pro, They have uh, essentially a five x zoom. That's the equivalent of a hundred and twenty millimeter lens. Jeez, yeah. So it's pretty cool, but it's you know it's not for everybody.
0: (laughs) So if you're, I mean, basically, because I've seen people like even you know I was in Boston a couple times this summer. They're shooting music videos on Newbury Street. They're using and sometimes they're using some some handheld or you know shoulder, but a lot of times they're doing it like on a little a little thing with the hand and an iPhone. And I'm just blown away that they can do that high quality video on that stuff. It's really incredible. The
1: quality of these, of these phones, and it's not just Apple either. I, I think both Samsung and Google who have competing flagship phones have, have been catching up. Um, but the video processing capability of these phones is remarkable, especially because you don't have to do much to the video after you shoot it. <laughs> it just looks good right. out of the gate and they have very good stabilization on board. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, I use, I use my phone a lot for the work that I do.
0: So Lon Seidman, you go to YouTube, it's lon.tv, join the 342,000 other subscribers, and he cranks out videos left and right. I have a question on on something related to your videos, but I want to ask this first before the launch of it. There's two quick questions. One is, is the new charger thing a, a thing now? Like, is Oh there- yeah,
1: so we, we didn't talk about that Yeah. So this is USB-C, which is what just about every other device uses. And, you know, one of the things that struck me as I was watching the Apple uh, presentation was about the environmental responsibility that they're taking on. But what's going to happen once this transition to the 15 and presumably the 16 and 17 and 18 is that you're going to have a lot of cables and a lot of peripherals that plug into these iPhones that will need to be tossed out because they just won't work without an adapter. Um, So I think we're going to see a lot of cables enter the waste stream as uh, this transition takes place. But the
0: 14, everything older, still uses the old format,
1: right? That's right. Yep, so they'll use the Apple Lightning format. And Apple held on to this format, even though it's not the standard for for the industry, because they could charge a licensing fee to any company that wanted to make a Lightning-compatible adapter.
0: Oh, of course. And
1: that's what held it up. So now they're on the standard, and this is because Europe
0: uh, requires it. Yeah, the European Union made them do it. Also, any other devices that have anything notable?
1: Not really. They they did update their watches, but it's kind of more of the same on the watch. You know, They made some, some improvements to the screen. They've got some new thing where you can pinch your fingers to have it do stuff. But uh, on my watch, I just use my nose when I'm out and my gloves are on or something. So
0: <laughs> uh, We're talking with Lon Seidman from Lon.TV. We talked about the Apple iPhone 15. The Pro has some – if you're a video, anything, if you're a big social media poster, it could be a, a really good improvement. But other than that, it's pretty incremental. I want to ask you about your, your YouTube channel because – You know, there are some videos that get 3000, some get five and then some within a day get 20,000. Like, Mm -hmm. is that based on pure algorithms or the topics or like SEO stuff? Like, how does that work? Yeah, it's it's all of the above. You know,
1: the, the problem you have as a YouTube creator is that the, the YouTube keeps changing how they pre- present videos to people. So even though I have 340 something thousand subscribers, they don't all see the thumbnail of the video, let alone the video itself.
0: Why is it, How is that possible if they subscribe? Isn't that the whole point? That That's my point. <laughs> and YouTube does
1: have a subscription feed that you can click on where you can see every channel that you're subscribed to and the fire hose of of videos that have gone up, but they haven't really improved it in a long time. And, you know, if I subscribe to a lot of our local news stations on YouTube, and so they tend to post all their videos all at once. So when I go into that subscription feed, it's just loaded up with, with news stories, which is great, but I also want to see what other people are posting. So they, they need to do some work on that. Um, for me, you know, about 80% of my viewership, so I get a, roughly between half a million and a million views a month, um, 80% of that viewership are people that aren't subscribed to me. So they're out searching for stuff. So some things I know, for example, I did a photo printer recently um, that's not appealing to my audience. Uh, The product is actually a a product geared uh, more towards women. And I know that within about six or eight months, that video will be up to 85,000, 90,000 views, if not more. Huh. Um, because the search engine kind of takes over. And that's been my strategy from, from the get-go. So I, I, you, know, I get a, you get a good feel over time as to what will do well in, initially. You know, Sometimes you've got some nice raw meat for the audience that they love, um, but a lot of times it's something that I know isn't going to do so great right now, but because people might be searching around the holiday season for a photo printer, that will do better. So printers, believe it or not, um, are the, the, the least popular video among my subscribers but are typically the most popular in, insofar as views and revenue are concerned over time.
0: It's just weird to me that subscribing, what's the point of subscribing then? Yeah, it's,
1: it's changed a lot. And I, and I think, that I did a video on this recently. I, I think what's happened is YouTube has, has kind of freaked out over, over TikTok. Um, oh. I'm sure their investors were freaking out, which led to you know, executive freakouts, and that you know, worked its way down the line. So what they try to do is keep throwing shiny objects up at you and to keep you on their platform. And it's good in some ways because it does help smaller channels, including mine, which I, I, you know, is is larger than some, but not as large as others. Right. Um, It does help you get discovered because if you have something that uh, algorithmically works, that tends to uh, help people find your channel. But at the same time, they still have this subscription thing, which they really push. They still send you a trophy when you hit your hundred thousand subscriber mark, but those subscribers uh, don't mean as much anymore. And Uh they've, they've really kind of dialed in the algorithm on returning audience and audience is not necessarily a subscriber. Hmm. It's, you know, the, the people that watch what you put up and it's um, it's unfortunate because I think it has hurt the platform a bit.
0: Yeah. So that's how my son gets a thousand subscribers for his little sports highlights.
1: Yeah, they,
0: they, um, yeah. Your audience. Uh, listen, it's great stuff, Lon. We appreciate it as always, especially uh, the Apple stuff, the uh, breaking it down for people as they're getting to work. We appreciate it.
1: Anytime. I'll keep doing it as long as the algorithm
0: lets me. <laughs> <laughs> Lon Seidman from Lon.TV joining us here on Brian and Company. You can go to YouTube and get all of his videos. We get it.
2: Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears?